Good day, everybody. I'm David Urban. I'm a leadership development specialist and a best-selling author, and we want to welcome you to the Leaders Navigator podcast. The premise is simple. The podcast will provide you with insights for living and leading the authentic way so you'll be better equipped to amplify your positive impact as a difference maker in any area of your life. What is uniquely special is that I'm doing this podcast together with my daughter, Haley, who occasionally interrupts. I am super excited about this opportunity to work jointly on this project that we are both so passionate about. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, Haley. It's always good to hang out with you for a half to three quarters of an hour every week. Absolutely. Likewise. Well, Dad, you... Sorry, go ahead. And we actually do talk to each other outside of our podcast. This isn't the only time that we have a conversation, but it's always great. It's always good. This is where we, you know, don't just talk about how cute my dog is and you know your dog that gets into porcupines so <laughs> we can talk about something intelligent today <laughs> like what did you do yesterday well i already know what you did but for our listeners what did you do yesterday dad well i had a fabulous experience yesterday what i did was i took my team out fly fishing for the day and there's an incredible company that people fly all over the world to come and fly fish in calgary here and we, uh, I, I went fly fishing with Dana, uh, who's in charge of this. This is flyfishingbowriver.com if you want to find out more about this incredible organization. And you can find out Dana's team. Anyway, I, uh, a friend of mine introduced me to Dana earlier in the summer. We had a day in, on the river. Uh, this is on the Bow River or earlier in the summer. And I said, after I had that experience, I said, we have to take our whole team. <laughs> and they are going to go fly fishing. So we had five boats yesterday, five guides and nine people that spend a day on the on the Bow River. And it was an incredible fall day. I know there are people in our country who uh, on the on the East Coast are having some real challenging weather right now. But here in Alberta, uh, we, we are uh, we are in the midst of some beautiful fall weather, beautiful fall colors. Uh, we saw some bald eagles. Wow. We saw lots of deer and we just saw lots of uh, just beautiful colors. So uh, great time to be on the river. Now, why fly fishing? Like, especially okay, like when I found out that my mother, your wife, uh, when I called yesterday just to check in, she's like, I'm going fishing. What? <laughs> um, those of you who don't know my mother, uh, this is a this was a surprise for me that she would be wanting to go fishing, uh, <laughs> let alone excited about it. Um, so why fly fishing? Why not, you know, an escape room or why not, a you know, professional development seminar? Why fly fishing? Well, it's very interesting. Let, let me just give you a little bit of a backstory to that. When I, when I'm with people, I always like to know one of the questions that I ask people to get to know them is what do you do and why is what you do important? to you. Hmm. Why is it important? Now, what I want to get to is people's bigger why, their purpose. This is a big part of authenticity is living with purpose. So I asked Dana yesterday, listen, you've spent the morning, you know, I guess we were two or three hours into the, into the trip. And I said, listen, you spend every, you know, so you spend six days a week teaching people how to fish. I said, other than teaching people how to fish and giving them an incredible experience of being taken care of, 
I, I love his his logo. It's love people catch fish in that order. Cool. And cool. so and he truly and every one of his his guides just love to be around people. We we talked about, you know, you're just you, you, when you're in the guiding business, some people go into guiding because they like to fish, but they don't last. You got to love people as much as you like to fish. So I asked Dana, I said, why do you do what you do? Surely you have a higher purpose than to just uh, teach people how to fish and give them a great experience. And he thought about it for a minute and he said, do you know what I'm really doing? I'm helping people develop a new relationship with time. Develop a new relationship with time. And I said, well, tell me what you mean by that. He got me curious. And he said, well, we get people here flying all over the world. These big corporate executives come in and they, they unplug. There's no devices. They just unplug. And you have to be completely present when you're fishing. You're in the moment. You cannot be distracted. And and he said, some of these guys come with this long agenda on how many fish they're going to catch. And they come in very bravado. He always, he always says women make much better fly fishermen than, than men because we try, to, we try to go at it like trying to conquer it <laughs> rather than experience it. I'm a man. I will show and provide by how many. Exactly. And that catch. doesn't work when it comes to connecting because you have to connect with the fish. I mean, this is all catch and release. So, so this is all developing a relationship with the fish, a relationship with the ecosystem, and a relationship with the experience and the people. And so it comes in this whole package. And so you, you stop your lives and you, you connect with something deeper and you begin to lose track of time. And your whole sense of time changes. And you leave that experience with a truly different idea of what it means to be connected to the clock. And you get connected to a deeper voice and a deeper rhythm, if you will, all underneath you. And then when you expose your whole team to that, what you end up with is... is an experience where you come together and you bond in a way you just get away from work and you get away from all the tyranny of the transaction and the tyranny of the urgent. Mm -hmm. And you just simply are together as human beings. And it really is somebody described yesterday as the nexus of humanity. It was just humanity in its purest sense mm -hmm. coming together in community. It was a beautiful experience. I mean, I, I can't really articulate what it, what the whole experience was to me. And the fishing was just so secondary, yeah. but without the fishing, like some people, in fact, he said, he said some executives, they all come with this agenda of how many fish they're going to catch. And sometimes a couple hours in, they'll just say, you know what, I'm going to put my fishing pole down and I'm just going to sit and I'm just going to experience being here. Mm. And they've never just, some of them come in, they've, they've never just stopped and 
been present to life. As we say, slowing down to the speed of life, they've just never had that experience. So that's really what he was saying that he's all about. And now is it like, what do you think it is about like that, giving yourself permission to slow down? Cause like, I struggle with that even at home. Um, so is it getting people out of their comfortable environments? Is it getting out of their comfort zone? Is it the fact that there's no technology? Is it the fact that you literally are stuck on a boat in the middle of a river and there's nowhere else to go? So you might as well just enjoy the ride. Like, what is it that gives people that permission to just experience all of that and just connect with people? Well, the answer is yes to all of those things. <laughs> I, I think what it is, See, all of life is a rhythm. And there's a concept that the physicists discovered, um, I think, three centuries ago. I could be wrong on this. The principle of entrainment. Hmm. And what they discover is that pendulums on a clock, when they're together, will entrain to each other. Yeah. And the interesting thing is that I, I met a, a physicist in one of my leadership programs once who was telling me about entrainment. And he said, it's very fascinating because the pendulums of the clock have to be the same length in order to entrain. Now, entrain doesn't mean synchronize. They don't necessarily synchronize with each other, but what they do is they oscillate, move toward oscillating at the same rate. Hmm. And if they're close enough together, they will begin to entrain to each other providing that the pendulum is the same length. And I asked him why, and he says, well, we have, there's a complicated answer, but the bottom line is we really don't know hmm. why, but it, it's just one of the laws of the, it's like gravity. Yeah. And we know this, uh, that people who live together, their moods entrain to each other. You know, uh, your mom and I have been married 31 years and our rhythms entrain to each other after a period of time. We, we, we kind of synchronize in some ways with each other. Uh, women who live together in close community, it's been told to me that you menstruate with the same cycle, move toward menstruating at the same time. So there's this sense of, of the rhythm. Now, why, what does this all have to do with fly fishing? Well, what it all has to do with, with fly fishing is that we're all entrained to fast today. Everything is fast. I don't know if you've ever sat at a stoplight and felt hurried and you're not even in a hurry. Yes. And all of a sudden we're like, and we get a computer and we want it fast. And if, if something doesn't happen instantaneously, we get anxious and look at the effect of all of this, that we're, that we're available 24 seven and that we, you know, you, we, we lived in a, in a slower age. I grew up in a time where stores closed at six o'clock and you couldn't shop until it opened at nine o'clock and they were closed on Sunday. So we couldn't have things 24 seven. Now what you do and, and you wait, had to wait till the store opened before you went down to pick up a supply. And you had to actually drive to the store. Now we can pick up the phone and we want it instantly. And if it's not going to be here tomorrow, we'll pay to have it here tomorrow. Or that we get anxious when it's not here. And there's so this, this sense of there's a, as a rhythm in our society that is speeding 
everything is speeding up. Mm-hmm. Change is happening so quickly, and we haven't been able to catch up. Our, we're not designed to know how to, our bodies are not designed. We're going to get a, one of my good friends who's a doctor is going to come in and talk about the biology of leadership in one of our future episodes here when we can get her. But our bodies are not designed to deal with the level of speed in our world today that are that we are not mentally capable of doing that. And what's happening is we're getting all kinds of mental health challenges because of the the anxiety is in part related to our response or inability to respond to the speed of life today. Yeah. It, it is a much faster pace today. I mean, customers want it when anybody in the customer service field will tell you this. They want it yesterday. What are you? I, I'm curious what you're seeing in your parents and what you're seeing in 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 our expectations of people, because with that speed comes increased expectations. We had. That a, sense? Yeah, I was just going to say even just uh, an example. Last week, I had a colleague who they went on a, a overnight trip. So the teachers, for a safety reason, gave the students their cell phone numbers for safety reasons because they were traveling. And uh, a student texted my colleague on a Friday night saying that they really needed help. They're going through a mental health crisis. Texted, right? And so then all of a sudden now this this teacher is is now we're at this crux of like we have to figure out how we deal with this and we're gonna have to figure out policies and things like that um because you know the kid's doing what we told the kid to do reach out to a trusted adult but the point is is now that because it was a text on a cell phone sent from a personal phone from a child to a personal phone of an adult now that teacher is now working 24 7 right and so yeah you're right it's it's that that constant anyway so so in this fast-paced world, why is fly fishing so important? Why is it important to go well, on the river? It slows you down. It slows you down to what I call the speed of life. Yeah. Because if you look at the natural rhythms, uh, this is why spending time in nature can help us be authentic. Spending time on a river can help you be authentic because you entrain to a different rhythm. The rhythm of nature, although there are hurricanes and there are certain disruptions in in nature, the nature of nature is slow. Um, You know, gestation periods are always lengthy. You can't speed up the, the gestation period. You can't speed. No plant ever grew better because you demanded that it do so or that you tried to control it. You there, there's a rhythm. And when you, you connect to that rhythm and a natural, the natural rhythm of life, strangely enough, it opens you to creativity. It opens you to new ideas. Coming out of that yesterday, uh, the conversations that happened as a result of going into that were just creative. And I'm anticipating um, new connections, new creativity, new innovation, all kinds of new material will trans will will transform out of that experience without ever intending it to do so because we connected to an a rhythm uh, deeper than the speed of what we've been fu- functioning on. You know, it's hard to be creative. Try to 
uh, tell a great artist, performing artist or visual artist, tell them to hurry that paint up, hurry that painting up. And you just can't hurry that up. You've got to, you know, true artists and masters of their craft um, will do it slowly, but that's where the essence and creativity of life really is. That's where quality comes from. It's and really we've missed the essence of what's really important. And, and on our team, I'm just, what I want to make sure is that I'm in reminding them of the importance of what truly matters in life. That there's a really beautiful experiment that they've done with children. Uh, I'll see if I can find the video to send it to you. Um, but they took um, children and they gave them 10 minutes to, I think, turn. They had a, a character, a symbol. I think it was like similar to like a letter M. And they said, okay, turn this into something else. And they gave the children 10 minutes. And the results were pretty good. Like, you know, children, creative, cool. But then they all of a sudden gave the kids half an hour and then an hour. Right. And just the amount of creativity, like, like just that they could slow down and, and just explore and come up with new things was a really cool thing. Right. And it was just all about just like giving them permission and giving them time to be able to try things. Right. Um, and the importance of that um, and how, how great that was. Right. And so, yeah, it's just about slowing down and the importance of that and being and existing and not trying to rush. See, while we're talking here, your cat, is wandering across the keyboard of your computer. Now, we could say, you know what, don't be a hassle. I know. Way, or we could flow with this and say, you know what, how much, what does it do for you at the end of a day to sit with your cat? Because they, they, she has a different rhythm. Oh yeah, very slow rhythm. What does it, let me ask you, what does it do for you to just go after a busy day when you've been rushed and pressured and time constrained. I don't think that's a word, but I'm making it up and right. pretending that it's one. <laughs> but what happens when you are come when you come home from work stressed and you take 10, 15 minutes to sit on the carpet or lie on the carpet with Penny? What is that experience like for you? She forces you to slow down. Like she's she's so good at it. Nina too sometimes if I'm she rushes up to meet me on my level. So she'll run up on the bed when I'm getting at, when I come home from the day and I'm getting out of my work clothes and to comfy clothes and she'll like actually meet me on my bed. And if I don't stop to pet her, she'll actually like reach out her paw and poke me until I, I, I pet her. And then as soon as I sit on the bed, then she's all over me. Purr, 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 purr. And then she actually literally sits on me and forces me to, to pet her and, and she will sit on me. Um, and she's really good at that. She's, you know, she's a, She's good at forcing me to slow down, right? And it, it just, it's a very soothing, calming feeling, right? That's the joy of pets. It's the joy of nature, right? And what happens when you slow down? How does that impact your life? And believe me, I mean, I there are times when I'm so busy, the cat is a hassle. And I push the cat away and I miss the opportunity. And your mom keeps saying, she's here to teach you to slow yeah. down. Yeah. I. I need these outside reminders. What, how does that impact your life when you allow yourself to slow down with your cat? You realize that you make time for the things that are important and you will always have time for the things that are important. I really hate the excuse. I don't have time for that. I hate that. I hate it when people use that excuse because when you slow down, you realize that you actually do have time to spend a day on the river 
right? Yeah, sure, you could spend that day doing laundry, catching up on work, answering emails, blah, blah, blah. But if you make time for it, you will have time for it, right? If you make time to exercise, you will have time to exercise. If you make time to sit on the bed and snuggle with your cat for five minutes, you will have the time for that, right? And what that end up doing, it just makes me more effective and more efficient with the time that I do have after that, right? I, I stop, I slow down, I'm not feeling rushed. And I could be, excuse me, more purposeful, more thoughtful, more efficient of the time that I do have. And then everything else just feels like a breath of air. Whew. Well, it's very interesting because we had this conversation with Dana yesterday about people yeah. saying they'll sometimes cancel at the last minute. Oh, I don't have time to be here. Yeah. And uh, I, it was a great reminder for our team that we're going to, when we process it this week, one of the things I'm going to say is this, let's not ever hear ourselves say, I don't have time. Yeah. Let's yeah. instead make it safe to say, this is not a priority for me right now. Exactly. Because when, and then you, you make a different choice. You don't have to say yes to everything, yeah. but let's not use time as a way to victimize ourselves to say, don't blame me. It's my time pro you know, it's time that does not allow me to do this. It are all these demands. No, you're just not prioritizing it right now. And it's to, to reinforce that it's okay to say, I won't make, I don't want to make this a priority right now, puts you in the driver's seat. It's, it's, it comes back to our conversation around accountability. And it actually, it opens up that you actually do have time for what you prioritize, right? You do actually, you will find time for things you find important, right? And so like, I look at how much time I waste on my phone, right? I find the time for that. It's not good. I don't always like that sense of time, right? But you, you make time for, for what you prioritize. So now, before we wrap this up, I would love to hear, and maybe we leave it till the next <laughs> next uh, episode, but you're going away outdoors with yeah. your students this next week. And do you want to just talk about, in light of our conversation about in training to a different rhythm, uh, what does this mean to you to take them away? This is uh, one of the biggest things I really, truly miss during the COVID years. Um, it's a, it's a piece that our school does every single year. We spend usually, oh, excuse me, oh, oh, excuse me. Um, this year we're, we're doing three days, but usually we spend a full week, um, actually out, uh, on the Ottawa river. Uh, we do whitewater rafting, we do canoeing, we do kayaking, they stay in a cabin, uh, with their friends. And, uh, then they do fun, like river Olympics and they do a 5k run and they do a hike and they canoe and they learn how to paddle. Um, and they learn how to be outside. And for some of them, it's the first time they've ever been in a life jacket on the water. For some of them, it's the first time they've ever slept in a cabin. For some of them, it's the first time sleeping away from home, especially in the post-COVID world, right? Even though these are high school students. And it's such a priority. We, we prioritize it. We call it a leadership trip, but it's really, it's really just about having them it's exactly like you said slowing down connecting with each other and it's the best way to get to know them as teachers getting to know students uh, for teachers to get to know each other uh, and for the students to get to know themselves too because when you're out of all of these demands of hockey and working and soccer and schoolwork and homework and parents and family and friends when you're out getting away from all of that and technology and screen time and you're able to just be together and do these new skills in nature, exactly like you said, right? It just is so invigorating and you use your body and you move your body and you go to bed feeling tired and, you know, you just, and you come back rejuvenated and it's always, you always get to know 
like it's always fa fascinating for for me as a teacher too because you know you, you get to know those kids in a way that you never would during the school day right it's the kids who come and are struggling during the first day but by the end of the you know by the end of the week they're the ones who are they're making it up the hike they're doing it they're doing it at their own pace but they're doing it they're not opting out right or uh the kid that stays behind to help clean up the oars um or uh you know the versus the kid who just throws his life jacket around right and abandons it and takes it totally for granted and then the kid who comes and cleans up after him right you get to know these kids in a totally different way than you would at school um and uh it's pretty special it's pretty special so there not only do they entrain to a different rhythm there's a realness yes. that they get when they're out in nature and exactly. that realness brings in a quality of what i call authenticity yeah. And, sure. and what it means is to connect with the world and each other in some whole new ways. See? Definitely. It's quite transformational for these students. What a way to start oh, the year. Hey? I love it. I love it. It's my favorite part of the year. It's my highlight of the year. Um, I know I've, I've been at the school now for this is my sixth year and we go every year and I, I love it. I love it um, just to get on the river and, and to, you know, just be there and, and be in nature and be in the trees and stay in a little cottage and, and hear the bugs at night and campfires and i just i love it and i'm not even a huge outdoorsy person but i just i thrive in this weekend i love it and i know the students do too it's always a highlight on the graduating students we always ask them a highlight of their entire high school year and they always say this trip it's not the expensive fancy european trip you know it's not the expensive fancy technology that they have it's it's always this trip that they do it's always this this is always their highlight every year so that's pretty special. That's amazing. That's amazing. I think we're all craving this sense of connection yeah. to ourselves and to the world and to each other. Slowing down. <laughs> Slowing down. But you have to slow down. I always say if you're going to live authentically, you've got to create rituals in your life that slow you down. Especially, I think, coming from, I think that was one thing that at least I took away from the pandemic was it gave everybody permission to slow down. But I think in our hurry to resume to normalcy, I think we went way too far, way too fast. And I think a lot of people are approaching burnout just because we didn't, we don't have the stamina anymore. You know, we used to be, for example, like we would be training and running a marathon every day, for example, a hypothetical marathon. Right. And then, you know, we weren't running for two years and now we're expecting to be at those pre-pandemic levels again. And it's not realistic. And so people are getting tired. They're getting burnt out. And now's the time more than ever to really slow down and really be honest with ourselves and, and, and prioritize that, make the time to just slow down. Well, this has been delightful as always. It has been wonderful to spend this time with you and I'm, you know, we're going to end with what we're grateful for. And I'll just start with what I'm grateful for is I'm grateful to slow down today and to be able to debrief and process what went on yesterday yeah, with a person that I care so much about. So this yeah. was, this was very life giving to me to slow down and uh, connect with myself and with you today. Likewise. Grateful. I'm, uh, I'm grateful for this. And also I, uh, I had a wedding yesterday that I went to as a guest, which was delightful. Uh, and so I was hanging out with my niece who is five years old, almost six. And so we were sitting outside by campfire. It was kind of a big outdoorsy wedding. And she was like, Aunt Haley, what is the little fire called that's coming out of the big fire? And I was like, Maisie, those are called sparks. And she goes, oh, what's the stuff coming out of the chimney called? And I said, Maisie, that is called smoke. And she goes, oh, 
have you ever roasted marshmallows, Haley? And I said, yes, I have. And she goes, ah, I love s'mores. And so we had a great conversation about fire and campfire and marshmallows. And it was just such a wonderful, pure moment. And then she turns to me right after our discussion about s'mores, looks me dead in the eye and said, what if it rained candy? And I said, great question, Macy. And so we had a great conversation about what happened if it rained cotton candy or chocolate or spaghetti. Uh, and it was just such a cute moment of, of you know, authenticity and, and creativity from, from an almost six-year-old. <laughs> See, there is an entrainment moment yeah. where you got, you know, this is why children can be so life-giving. Yes. This is why we're going to talk next episode, actually, about children and devices. It's a good segue into our next yeah. episode. Mm -hmm. um, how we entrain kids, enculturate them to a different rhythm. But yeah. you got the realness and the rawness and the <laughs> rejuvenation of real, of uh, just genuine, true humanity. Yeah. Beautiful. And that you were, yeah. that you had slowed down long enough to attend to that and be <laughs> present, <laughs> gift to yourself and to her. And Just then we like played with did. bubbles. It was great. Then <laughs> we played with bubbles. So it was a great time. Good time. <laughs> well, this has been delightful as always. Likewise. And, uh, any last minute thoughts? No, just uh, looking forward to next week. <laughs> always look forward. Have a great time on the river. I'll, we'll hear about that next week. And river school. <laughs> and we will talk in our next episode about uh, devices and children. Love it. Stay real, everybody. Thank <laughs> you.